Merry Christmas, dear podcast listeners. We are now officially in the Christmas season, moving through the 12 days of Christmas rapidly towards Epiphany. And we're so delighted that you're listening in. This is the short sermon, or probably more properly homily, from our Christmas Eve service the other night, um, December 24th. Uh, We had our our traditional candlelit Christmas Eve service that was so delightful. We had a wonderful crowd, a great mix of our usual suspects, as well as folks who are visiting family from out of town, and folks that are just stepping in, into the church for the first time to check us out. And we really were delighted to welcome one and all as we moved through a very meaningful um, evening of carols and scripture readings together. The homily is very generally based on the birth of of Jesus and sort of pivots around the theological understanding of incarnation. What does it mean that God becomes human and what implications does that have for our lives? The title of the homily is Birth Stories and I do hope it's helpful for you as you reflect on what it means to be people of faith um, who uh, are seeking the divine presence in the world and yet very much recognize that we're human at the same time? And what does it mean to worship a God that we claim became flesh in the person of Jesus? Blessings to you as you move through this season. Hope that this sermon is helpful to you. As always, please check us out at williamsburgbaptist.com if you want to find out more about what we've got going on. Honestly, probably even more up-to-date is our Facebook and Instagram pages, which I'll link in the podcast um, text. And, uh, of course, if you also go to our website, www.williamsburgbaptist.com, you can sign up for our weekly e-newsletter there right on the homepage if you scroll towards the bottom and find out. We send two emails each week, a prayer email, prayer list, and then our our weekly e-news on Fridays as well, just so folks know what's going on in the life of the church. We'd love for you to sign up for both of those. You can also reach out to me, pastor at williamsburgbaptist.com, if you have prayer requests or just want to reach out. Really are glad you're listening. God bless. Amen. You all sound good. You can be seated. And thank you so much to our musicians and readers who, who have led us so well already this evening. I love birth stories. I wonder if some of you do too. Ever since my wife and I had our first child, I've loved sharing the stories from when they were born, and I've learned, loved listening to the stories of other people as they share their stories as well. Childbirth is an experience of heightened living, and as a result, we tend to remember all the nitty-gritty details of those moments as we welcome a new child into the world. I was talking to a couple of dear friends recently who reminded me of the birth stories of one of their children, and it played out in in ways that were simultaneously hilarious and nerve-wracking at the same time. They were expecting their second child, and labor came fast and intense at home. And so they were eagerly awaiting their babysitter to show up so that they could make haste uh, to the hospital, and someone would be watching their firstborn. She was laboring in bed, and of course her ever-curious two-year-old was climbing up on the bed asking her all sorts of questions like, What's up, Mommy? Do you want to play, Mommy? 
Once the babysitter finally arrived, she hopped in the car with a sense of urgency, but her husband didn't seem to have that same sense of urgency. And so he said something like, you know, I think we can just take the back roads to the hospital and save some money on the tolls. To which she replied through gritted teeth, pay the bleeping tolls. They raced down Powhite Parkway to St. Francis Hospital, white knuckles on the steering wheel, wondering if they might in fact have to pull over and have a baby on the side of the road. They pulled up to the valet parking and a saint of a man comes out and helps them get upstairs to the birthing center, where the nurses ask her if she would like an epidural. She quickly replies, yes, please. And the nurse says, well, let's just check and see how far along you are before calling it in. And so the nurse takes a look and then says urgently to the husband, hit that red button on the wall. And you can probably guess what the red button meant. There was no time for an epidural, as it turns out. Just enough time to have someone rush into the room and catch the baby as he emerged into the world. It took them all of 19 minutes from their arrival at the hospital for them to be holding a new baby in their arms. Their birth story, like so many, is awash with joy and hope and celebration and even humor. But at the same time, there's also urgency and anxiety and pain, and all are normal parts of the process. A couple of other friends that we know had a baby in May 2020 at the height of the early days of the COVID pandemic. Young parents go to the hospital without being able to have the support of family and friends with them with the awareness that even as they go to the hospital to give birth, the hospital is also a place of fear and loss for so many folks. The birth stories of my own children are delightful, but also filled with suspense and uncertainty. For us, becoming new parents was simultaneously exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. Birth stories remind us that life is so much more complex than we'd like to make it out to be. And in these moments where life feels most intense, more often than not, beauty and chaos and joy and pain and a whole host of other feelings swirl together and wrap themselves about as new life enters the world. It's a good reminder for reading stories of Jesus' own birth. My sense is most of the time we tend to sanitize the nativity stories. The images of nativity scenes in our homes and churches always seem to have a happy, calm, well-rested, holy family holding the clean, newborn baby child with orderly sheep and donkeys looking on adoringly, right? Do you have that in your home? But at some point after riding a donkey for 85 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Mary's water breaks. As it turns out, riding a donkey for the better part of a week is all but guaranteed to send you into labor. And soon enough, there are contractions and pain and a mom crying out, I don't know if I can do this. And then a crying baby and blood and afterbirth. Jesus' parents clean him up and wrap him in bands of cloth and lay him in a manger, which is just a fancy name for a feeding trough for animals. There are probably fleas and manure around as the animals wander about their own silent night disrupted by the arrival of a newborn. And then shepherds show up, themselves tired and dirty and smelly from spending too much time in the fields. And yet... In the midst of it all, 
in the midst of contractions and uncertainty and doubt and tears of pain and in the midst of the hope and wonder and tears of joy is nothing short than salvation for the entire world. Hope and peace and joy and love. And maybe that's part of the point. Salvation doesn't come to us in a neat and tidy package. Instead, it comes in flesh as a newborn child. I guess you know we humans try so hard to put things into neat little binary boxes. Male and female, good and evil, Republican and Democrat, success or failure, rich or poor, joy or sorrow, God or human. But the real world rarely plays out as neatly as we'd like. Even in the beginning when God creates the opposites of night and day, we still get dawn and dusk, the most beautiful times of the day. And when God creates land animals and sea animals, we also get amphibians. And then God goes and does something crazy like making platypuses that break every mold I can think of. And we read in the birth stories of the Gospels about a God who chooses to take on newborn flesh and become fully human, bridging the gulf between divine and mortal. It turns out that the God who created the heavens and the earth and everything in between just so happens to be an in-between God. And that is good news for those of us who live in-between lives. Monday evening, I attended the funeral mass of Monsignor Joe Lehman at St. Bede Catholic Church here in town. We mourned as we moved through this last week of Advent together. And yet, even as we did, there was an air of gratitude to God for the goodness of his life and ministry. It was a sacred moment for those of us who gathered to remember and to worship. And on Thursday afternoon, with Christmas Eve right around the corner, I visited a friend who's now at home in hospice care, who's just been hoping to make it one more Christmas. He did, thanks be to God. And there were tears as we spoke. But there was an awful lot of laughter as we shared good memories, too. It was a sacred moment as well, even in the midst of our grief. Life, like birth, is messy, It's hard to wrap it up neatly and put a bow on it. And I can look around the room because I know enough of your stories to know that I'm not the only one. Even as we celebrate the birth of the Christ child, some of us are struggling. I would dare say a lot of us are struggling. Wanting to find a job that values us and our gifts, or wondering if we're a good enough parent or grandparent. Grieving the loss of a loved one. Some of us are wondering how in the world we're going to make it through the nights and days of new parenthood. Some of us are anxious about a diagnosis. Or others are wondering if our families will accept us if we finally tell them the truth. Life is messy, is it not? The honest truth is that for most of us, we live our lives somewhere in between. In between faith and doubt and hope and despair. Between struggle and success and depression and joy. Between Williamsburg and Richmond or Portsmouth. Between love and apathy and marital bliss and divorce. And between birth and death. Wherever you are tonight, know that you are not alone. And there is a God who meets you here, 
in between, in the messy middle. This is the beauty of the incarnation. God's presence in this world is not a beam of light shooting down from heaven, but rather it's divine hope wrapped in blood and tears and afterbirth. With the birth of Christ in this world, love comes down to us, disrupts the boxes the world asks us to fit neatly into, not to create a religious system or a theological checklist, but to be real, tangible, embodied existence and all that that entails, good and bad. Your mess included, my mess included. Folks, look around you tonight and know that you are not alone. You are in a space where you are loved and accepted and embraced by the Holy One. And just as importantly, you are surrounded by folks who will walk alongside you in all that life has to offer. God is giving birth to something new in this world. 2,000 years And now, God is still giving birth, and we are a part of that story tonight as we celebrate the birth of the Christ child in our lives and carry light forth with us into this world and beyond. Amen. Amen.